0: to the ethnos new brunswick podcast we're so glad you're joining us ethnos is a new organization looking to join in holistic community transforming work happening in new brunswick and highland park part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community each week our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that Today's episode, Hope and Despair, is the second in our series called Why Jesus Came, with the conversation being led by Wanda. Enjoy! We are going to uh, transition then, speaking of the holiday season and Christmas and what have you, we're going to transition into our conversation for the rest of uh, this morning. And as we introduced last week, we are beginning uh, a series for this December on the advent or the coming of Jesus. Specifically, why did Jesus come? We believe this is a really important conversation to have as we think about the overall well-being of our city and community. You know, it's important to get involved in clothing drives and Christmas parties and toy drives and all those things. But there's something deeper, isn't there? There's something deeper that we need in order for us to truly experience holistic life and holistic transformation. And so we're taking this month to, take a, to hit pause and reflect on the Christmas story, the first Christmas story, and how that changes us, and how that helps us to get to that deeper place. Uh, today we have the privilege of having one of our uh, leaders share with us and guide us in this conversation. Some of you know her, some of you don't, but today we have the privilege of having Wanda guide us in the conversation. Uh, Wanda, as some of you know, is a staff intern here at Ethnos. Come on up, Wanda. Um, yeah, give her yeah, a hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wanda is a staff intern here at Ethnos. Uh, she's going to tell you a little bit more about her story and, and her journey. but. I'm so excited that Wanda is going to be guiding us here today. It's her first time guiding this conversation, so make sure you give her your love and support. Uh, Can I say a quick prayer for you, Wanda, as we get going? Let's let's join and and say a prayer for Wanda and our time. God, we are thankful for this time to to pause and reflect and, and get a little deeper into this season. God, would you open our hearts to what you have to say, and would you open... Uh, Wanda's heart to us so that we can be transformed by the words you'll give her thank you so much and it's in Jesus we pray amen okay
1: okay well thank you thank you Yukon, for inviting me to share with you guys Um, as he said it's my first time but I hope you know you guys can uh, join me in this and exploring the the Christmas story Um, And as usual, you know, we start off with a discussion question to open up our hearts and minds to really think about what Jesus will lead us through today. And the question today is, where do you find hope in moments of despair, and why does that give you hope? And the way we do this is we open up to have a discussion with our table partners, um, and then hopefully we transition into the reading that we'll be doing today to explore the theme of Christmas, and I hope that we can explore why hope really relates to this and how we can live in a deeper way and um, and live and join this Christmas story here today, okay? Yeah. Okay, so maybe we can bring it back together. Um, and as we normally do, we would like to hear from some of you at the tables and some of the discussions you guys are having. So I would love to hear from yeah, maybe one of you can share personally what you shared or maybe overall and what your table was sharing. Where do you find hope in moments of despair and why does that give you hope?
0: Um, I think when I'm sitting here, um, uh, I've been finding a lot of hope in like kind of like my grades and my academics. Um, so for me, like, a part of my story is the fact that I was, like, planning to drop out of high school and all that stuff, and so I've been really doing well lately, and that kind of gives me hope of, like, you know, things are going to get better, we just have to put the effort in, um, so yeah, I think that it's for free.
1: Um, so whenever I have, like, a moment that I'm really sad or something that happens, like, really hurts me, um, I like to think kind of, um, like, this is a bigger plan, all this hurt and all these, like bad events and all of this is just gonna be part of my story and at the end like i'm gonna take all of that and turn it into this really good thing you know and it's gonna be like this light at the end of the tunnel and it's all gonna be okay so that's what gives me hope i'm like like this isn't gonna be like forever it's gonna change thank you fanny and jenny (laughs) anyone else want to share hi
0: everyone my name's christine and um I had seasons in my life where when I wake up, I feel like my heart's palpitating and I feel fear. And at that moment, the only thing that that gives me hope um, is when I say Jesus, because um, that reminds me of my identity in him and the love that he has given me thus far. And um, yeah, that gives me a lot of hope.
1: One thing we were talking about at our table was the importance of community. So, people who had been through the same experience before kind of giving you hope about what it could be like afterwards. Yeah. Wow, I love what everyone is sharing. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, you know, I think for today, that's exactly what I want to do. You know, I want to lead us through the reality of how hard it is to hope, I think, in the midst of the difficulties and in the world like Yukon was sharing last week that fills us with anxiety. Um, In a world that is so easy to fall into despair Um, and I know some of you know part of my story but I became a Jesus follower three years ago and I think it was in my search of seeking that truth and where do I find hope in such a hopeless place and Jesus met me there. Uh, So I hope that today I can lead you through that and how he did that for me but also why the Christmas story completely connects to this hope that he brings um, in a promise that was given to us since the moment of creation. Um, So today, we'll be reading um, through Jesus' scriptures. You guys see some of, um, you have it on your tables. And we're going to read a short script of his teachings from the Gospel according to Luke. Um, You know, I would really encourage you, even though it's just a little part of it, you should read the whole thing because it's actually really, really fascinating. And I think every single detail of it continues to amaze you the more you dive in and you see how it's a whole story that's connected. In fact, if you read the introduction of Luke, he tells us why and how he does that. He says, why, how, I, uh, um, through the accounts of eyewitnesses, people who experienced this, who saw Jesus himself do this. Why? Because I want you guys to have something. I know that these things did occur. So to me, that's really encouraging. Um, and in this story, he, 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 he leads us through um, Mary. And as some of you guys know, Mary's a character of the Christmas story. She's the mother of Jesus and she receives the unlikely and divine promise that she will bear the King Jesus, the son that was promised. Um, the King who will bring Uh, his reign, God's, God's kingdom here on earth, and he will bring the blessings that were promised to us in the Jewish scriptures in the Old Testament. And this is unlikely and divine for many reasons, you know, like very controversial things that you can sort of mention last week too. Mary was a virgin and, you know, she was to marry Joseph. And I think there was a lot of tension in that hope for her too, to know, wow, okay, this is this is huge. How is this possible? And if you read the whole story, Mary actually wrestles with that tension, too, in there. Uh, but she answers, you know, at the end, is, she says, I am the Lord's servant. Uh, may your word be fulfilled. And she hurries to visit her cousin, Elizabeth, which you will see, in, that's the context of the story, who is also a key character in this story. And Elizabeth, in joy, as soon as Mary greets her, responds, blessed is the one who has believed that the Lord would fulfill her promises through her, and I think that's very important to, to, to take into account. And in, before we dive in here, because that's this the story that you have in front of you is Mary's response after Elizabeth just knows the joy; she just feels the joy when Mary comes to her. Her used to tell her these stories, and and she just knows that this uh, is a fulfilled promise that that is being fulfilled through Mary, and she's an obedient servant. Um, so we hear some of. Um, Yeah, just what she says, and I'll read it through, and hopefully you guys can join me, um, and then we'll explore it a little more. And Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty things, mighty deeds with his arm. And he has scattered those who are proud in their in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but have lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then returned home. So, you know, uh, if you notice in the first few verses from 46 to 49, uh, we see a lot of Mary's posture, uh, so I hope that right now we can just spend some time on your tables again before we dive in more um, and explore um, Mary's posture and characteristics. What are those characteristics um, that you see in her um, that we can take uh, away and, and explore deeper? So describe the posture of Mary and her characteristics in the poem in the first few Uh, Verses there uh, and just talk about it with your table partners. Okay, I hear lots of good discussions, um, which is great, and I feel like that's exactly what um, this should trigger. You know, I think it should trigger lots of good thoughts, like, you know, what are some of the characteristics of a woman who receives this very unlikely and divine and just like this promise will be fulfilled through you. I feel like that's a lot to take, even as a woman, to think about that and the implications of, of that tension. It's like, I've been waiting for this hope, right? Because we got to remember the teachings that Mary was holding on to. It's like, wow, this promise, Messiah, I don't know that at that moment she knew the implications of that fully, um, but she still is obedient, you know? And she says something really interesting about God's character that really you know, catches my attention, which is, God has been mindful of his servant, and I feel like if we think of some, when someone is mindful, right, aren't you intentionally, you intentionally remember something, right, so for her to say, like, God has been mindful of me, you know, that, that, that's like, wow, think of a time where, like, someone, you felt alone, and, and you just felt like no one cared, and then maybe someone does, or says something, or reaches out to you, and, and, and you're reminded, wow, like, I am loved, I feel like, that is the type of love that God is. He never, he has not forgotten about us since creation. He created us for us to glorify Him, and I think it's interesting to read Mary's poem and see, wow, this is a celebratory <laughs> message. She's rejoicing, she's worshiping in the middle of this tension. So I feel like that's something that I hope we can explore a little more. Um, and you know, I think of the word humble too. Um, it's really, and if you see it, and if you continue reading, you see that it says that God spread out, like, the proud, right? And when you think of humbleness, I think of the opposite of that. You know, if my walk, as I process, like, I was a very proud person before I came to God, and not because I was like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with this God. I think I was in a real tension, looking for, for hope, but it was not until I began to, to really listen, you know, to really challenge myself, to really, well, if I'm if I'm being honest, if, if I am in pain at the injustice, if I am, you know, if, I, if if this is real, there has to be a real hope. So I began to really open up my heart to seek that. And like I said, you know, Jesus found me there. Um, and he began to open up my heart. And I understood what it meant to become humble. You know, I think he did find me in my inmost thoughts. And I think that's a scary thing, you know, thing to think about because, Those are the things that you don't want to share with anyone, you know, those are the things that you hold on and keep to yourself. But then God knows that and he's mindful of that. And he invites you to be humble, not because he wants to break you down, you know, but because he wants to bring you joy. And I think exactly what Mary goes through in the poem is what I went through also, you know, when I was like, wow, you know, if this God, this really crazy thing that is so hard for my mind, you know, in my reality to reconcile. He's so mindful of me. He gave his life for me and, and to really explore in that and what that meant um, was very important for me and it really led to a poem like what Mary says, a poem of rejoice, a poem of worship uh, for me and and, it, and, it, and I think that's the invitation that God is doing for us today to really explore what it means to to be a humble servant and to really explore that walk and to know how in, in that hope, in that tension um, we can really worship God in our weakness you know in in the despair and the desperation um, and even if you think about uh, the word hope in the in, in the script in Jesus' scriptures and what they mean um, it's to wait and I think some of the things we were sharing that's like we wait for an expectation of something right but then the other word that is used in the Hebrew um, scriptures in in the Old Testament is is um, it's also to wait, but there's this idea of tension too, the kind of what we're talking about. right? So it's not like this wait under the best circumstances possible. Like, oh, I'm waiting for like the best, but it's like a reality that this wait, you know, we'll have lots of of moments of despair, and we'll you will have to become humble and say, man, I need to release. You know, when there's tension, there's like a moment of release, and to me, that's what it means to be humble. You know, to come down and say, yeah, I don't think I have the results of the solution to any of this. Um, but I want to be open uh, to this living hope. And if we explore even further, you know, what hope um, means in the scriptures of Jesus, uh, in the New Testament, they, they talk about him as this living hope. Um, and to me, that's, that's, that's always been really interesting. What is living hope? Because I, ha- I used to wonder, you know, in this tension, like, is, is this hope really livable? You know, is, is there such a thing as livable hope? Um, and I think... You know, for me, the hardest part was, like, how do we know? Because, like I said, if I'm anxious about the darkness in my life, the lives of those around me, and in the world, if my heart really aches at injustice, how do I know to put all my trust in this promise? Um, And we know that because God promised his people the redemption back in the days of Exodus, right? And we know that Mary hoped in those teachings. And God's faithfulness is what motivates uh, her hope for the future and that helps her be obedient. Uh, so I feel like in that you look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. And, you know, it's hard to go in in, in to grow in that, like, what is God's character, you know? And I think that's the challenge for some of us too, It's like to really exploring and, and really questioning and really honestly doubting uh, to grow in that. Cause I feel like the more we become aware of those words, like what's what's a merciful God, what's a mindful God, um, the more we really question that, what is God's character? I feel like we can actually look back at the promises that are promised to us, that were promised to Mary and walk in that same obedience. Again, it's not easy, like I said, but it's obedient that it brings lots of tension. Um, And like I said, you know, in the New Testament, Jesus is described as our living hope. Um, And yeah, I feel encouraged to grow in that similar habit of hope um, and to become this new creature that Jesus promised that we can be by the sacrifice that he did for us, believing that his life, death, and resurrection is that surprise from God, his response to to the slavery, to evil, and death. It's like our capacity to hurt those around us as well. Um, so that's what Jesus' living hope meant, you know, that people can become new uh, and different kinds of humans. Um, and that's that's what the apostles believed um, that happened in Jesus' resurrection. It was just a little taste of the good things to come in the future. Um, and and yeah, that's exactly what we see in Mary's characteristics and Jesus' invitation to this living hope. Um, And to me, you know, when I think about, like, my friend the other day asked me, uh, because he knows some of the work that I've been doing here and, like, my genuine exploration, like, to really get to know this living hope, he asked, what has changed for you, you know, since you've been doing, like, this kingdom stuff? And I said, you know, I think I finally know what living hope is. Why? Because it's actually graspable. You know, I feel like to see lives being transformed, to see people truly in the midst of tension in the midst of the darkest places you know seeing like wow jesus is a healer and saying and you know not it's not it's no longer something miraculous that you can't really grasp but it's like lives truly being transformed by this reality and to me that's that's the humbleness that's the thing that i really hold on to to me that's what symbolizes living hope to look at each and one of you and say I don't know that I could, do this, but I have a treasure that I'm, I'm willing to give to you because he did it for me, but then also to see it in the kingdom and, and see lives of those around me being transformed. Um, and, that's the, and, and I think that's important, too, because the invitation here is how can we join in this, too? you know, to know that this promise, it wasn't just to Mary, it wasn't just to, like, me, it wasn't just, it's to all of us, like, it's a deep invitation to walk in the kingdom, because God is doing it, but he, when Jesus walked on earth, he said, the kingdom is here, right, and if he's inviting us to become new creatures, that means that each and one of us play, like, a role in this, so to truly be in that tension, to truly hope and transform your own heart, becoming a new creature, I think it's important, because it, it, give, it should give you that purpose, you know? Like, wow, I am part of this big story that we're talking about. I am a part of this Christmas story that, that feels so far, um, but like I said, it can be graspable. Um, and... Um, yeah, so what do I do when I find myself in, in those places of hopelessness? And I feel like with what I said, I hope that you guys can take some more time too and do tables one last time just to process. Like, Do you agree or disagree with some of the things that, that I've shared today? And, and then we can bring it back together again. Okay, so we can bring it back together. Um, and I hear, a, I hear a lots of conversations, which is a really, really good thing. Um, and I am aware that, you know, all of this, for many reasons, it's something that can sound very crazy, uh, but maybe it is. And, and I think my, my main hope for today was an invitation to acknowledge that um, and, and to acknowledge the reality to really battle with this, um, with this God, um, And again, like to really invite us into this biblical hope, which is like actual choice, a choice uh, for God to bring about a future that is as surprising as a dead man rising, dying and rising for us. Um, And whatever that means, you know, a genuine exploration of that hope and, and the tension that comes with that. But then also the invitation to worship in that, you know, to know, wow, just like Mary is aware in that, like, yeah, there's nothing I can do um, for this, you know, but I can participate in a promise uh, that was made in in a promise that that has been fulfilled in many ways, right? We there's accounts again. That's what I said. You really should read the whole scriptures of Jesus in that way, and read the introduction of Luke. He says, why and how? Like, you know, the Bible is not something that's, you know, Jesus' scriptures are not, like, lying. To, it's, it's, a, it's legit. It's saying, man, I, I'm, I'm writing this because there's people who witness this, and I want to take the time to remind you of these things that did happen and, and for us to be in that tension even today, uh, to know that there is a real hope and there is a God that loved us so much that came to earth gave his life for us, and, and in that, you know, in that hope, in that tension, in the middle of despair, I hope that we can worship, um, and there's different ways that we do this here, you know, and, and today I know Yukon's going to lead us at the end through other ways in which we can continue to battle in this tension, and, and really question, man, what does this look like for me right now? Um, and what does this really mean? What can I take away from this uh to continue in this in this reality to find that hope in the middle of despair, uh, whatever that looks like for you. And and we do that in different ways, you know. But one is just sitting there and talking and really allowing your heart to battle with this with this tension um and to really find this hope. And I'm just happy that I was here um to lead you guys through through the story of Jesus and um the story of Christmas and how um he came here to give us that hope, and and it wasn't a hope, again, that under the best circumstances, but if we read the whole scriptures of Jesus, it has always been until, uh, in the middle of despair uh, and desperation, and I'm aware that that's the same desperation that we are in now, but um, I hope that, you know, you can feel encouraged that there is a livable and graspable hope that Jesus brings to us. Um, thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Wanda. You know, what strikes me about this excerpt, and if you could just take a moment and look at this excerpt with me again. You know, Wanda really emphasized how how hope is found in Christmas and how the message of hope is found through Jesus coming. And, and this is really what Mary is getting excited about. Did you notice, uh, you know, the first two, three sentences here, 46, 47, 48, it's kind of about Mary's response, and that's what uh, Wanda was noting for us. But then if you notice, starting in 49 to 55, it's all about what God has done. It's not about what Mary is doing, it's about what God is doing. And that's why we can hope, It's because God continues to do something. He has done something, He is doing something, He will do something, so that we can hope. And so I thought it might be good as we just wrap up here um, as one of the things we can do together is take a moment to, to say, just to read this again out loud together as a reminder that, wow, God is doing something. God is doing something right now so that we can hope in Him. So we're going to start at the end of sentence 48. You see that from now on, okay? Okay. Why don't we start from there? Let's read this together out loud, and then I'm going to invite us into a few other ways we can pray, okay? So read together out loud with me, if you will. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. To Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the God we're hoping in—a God who has done something marvelous, a God who has broken in and made the world right. This is the God we hope in. God, we are so thankful that you indeed are a good father to us. You. Will- sent your son, Jesus, to give us hope, hope in the midst of despair. And it wasn't some distant hope. It wasn't some irrelevant hope. It's a hope we can believe in because you came in the midst of the most unimaginable of circumstances. And you acted strongly to bring down the proud, to lift up the humble. And you still do that today. And so we just say, God, we hope in you. For those of us who are struggling to hope in you, help us to hope in you. Thank you that you understand. And God, we say that we worship you. And so, God, as we go into yet another week, into a week where all kinds of voices, all kinds of pressures and all sorts of anxieties will be knocking on our door. We say that we hope in you. So it's in Jesus we pray these things. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, please visit us at ethnosmb.com.